the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Now, I'm speaking, uh, second message, on the way of love. The way of love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Jesus said, the Bible says, Behold, our beloved, let us love one another. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Love is of God. That's the origin of love. There is another word that the world calls love, but that's not love from God. It's really lust. There is a big difference. Love is from God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Hate then must be of the devil. Love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God. If you love, you're born of God and you know God. So if you don't love, you are not born of God and you don't know God. If you have a hate in your heart for any human being, believer or not a believer, if you have a hate and you hold it there, you've lost the knowledge of God. You don't know God. You see, the scripture doesn't speak in vain. Love is of God. If you love, you know God. And we're not talking about the earthly love. That's conditional. This is unconditional love. You just love. You love people. When you love, love is very powerful. It moves you into action. Love, you can't love and sit still. You want to do something. That's what love is all about. Love. Love labors to take away pain. Love can identify pain from afar. They can see it. Love can see it. And the desire, it wants to take it away. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He tells us that in, in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. Why? He went about doing good. He was the physical manifestation of love. He was love. The embodiment of love. And because he was love, he went about doing good. If you are filled with the love of God, you want to do good. You can't help yourself. That's God. God cannot help. He just wants to do good. When the condition is right and the condition is met, you get good from God. He, that's why we say he is a good God. God loves to do good. Jesus went all over the place, doing good, listening, blessing people, never saying a word to put anyone down, lifting up people, speaking to them to encourage them, helping them to know that God really loves them, that God truly is on their side, that God's not against them. He says, you go learn, Pharisees, what this means. I would rather have mercy, not sacrifice, Mercy. 
If you understand that, then you won't condemn this. He ate with sinners. He loved them. He, he stayed with them. And I, I know we, to, we want to think that Jesus was always grave, serious. No. He was having fun. He loved to be with people. Especially people that were responding to God. He loved them. Sinners or those that are in uh, the synagogue and all of that. Pharisees and all of that. But he loved the people. And you couldn't stop him from going to them. He loved them. He loved Zacchaeus. Even though the rest of the world condemned Zacchaeus because of his nature of job. But Jesus loved him. And he would go to his house. Even when he knew he would be criticized. But he loved Zacchaeus. And his love transformed Zacchaeus. You want to change your husband? You want to change your wife? You change first. Start loving. You want to change your kids? Show some love. Love is what transforms. And that's what Jesus did. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 23, he says, Jesus went about all Galilee. I mean, he was going from place to place. Just taking pain away from the lives of people. Some of these people have suffered for so many years. You know the story. Somebody that has been, suffered, uh, that's been su- suffering for 38 years. Sick. Jesus sought him. And made him well. He went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogue. Teaching is, teaching is so important. You need to understand that God truly loves you. Yes. Regardless of what you feel about yourself. Regardless of what people have said about you. Regardless of what people Think about you. That doesn't matter. What truly matters, God loves me. That's what counts. And if you hold on to that, something will give. Amen? Hold on to that and begin to love God back. They'll turn around and they'll start loving you. Amen? I remember when I got saved, my family thought, he's, 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 he's out of it. I mean, they didn't like me at all. I mean, I had to move from my home because they were ready to fight. They were ready to fight me. But you know, over the time, when I go back home to minister, my brothers who were hiring people uh, to persecute me and actually give them money to buy some dope so they can really do their job, they'll sit right in front and they're listening to their brother preach. Amen. God has transformed them. God can transform. He went about doing good. He was healing, preaching the, kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, good news of the kingdom, teaching and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. His fame went all over the place. And people were coming just to be healed. He loves you so much. So many times we want to think, well, I wonder... I'm so sick. I wonder if I were in his presence in Bible days. Where Jesus spent hours. I mean hours laying hands on people. Sometimes. Just to make them feel good about life. Driving the sickness away from their, from their lives. You know love hurts. When it cannot take away pain. Maybe you've been there. You're helpless to do something about it. You want to help, 
your love. But you can't do anything about it. It's very painful. And Jesus experienced that as well. He experienced the pain because people will not allow him to change the situation in their lives. He wept about it. If you're here this morning and you're going through trouble, you've been doing it your way. But you really need God. All that you've been searching for, all is in Christ. If you will embrace him. You know, Palm Sunday in the day of Jesus was the most glorious day for Jesus. As a human being on the earth. The people came out. You know the story. They took their garments out and they put it on the floor. He loved them so much on that day. They were, sing- they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know the story. They loved him. And I'm sure he loved them. I'm sure he had a lot of laughter on that day as the people were out there welcoming him. And then all of a sudden, as he got close to Jerusalem, his countenance changed. He began to weep. The same day. When you love, it's both ways. Sometimes you're happy, but when you see that you cannot help, or this person is suffering, it hurts. And so Jesus heard on that same day that was so, so glorious. If you read in, in, in Luke chapter 19, he says, Now as he drew near, they had been celebrating him. As he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. He wept over it. Now we're not talking about crying, weeping, wailing, in pain. He wept over it saying, If you had known... Even you. Say, even me. Would you say that? Even me. If you had known, even you, especially in this day, this very day, what am I saying? God wants to change your life, your situation now. This is your day. This is your day. If you had known, he was weeping. If you had known, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace. The things that make for your peace. If you will know. If you had known, this very day. But now, it is hidden. They are hidden from your eyes. What's hidden? The fact that God loves you and wants to help you. No matter how bad you think you've been. He died to save you. He died so that the Father will welcome you when you come back home like the prodigal. Things have been difficult. He saw all of it. He's asking you, come back and receive your miracle. Come back. He could change anything. God can change your situation. And it's today. It's your day. If you will make it your day, God will make it your, His day with you. Now, if you read in Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, he says, Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. This is the accepted time. God wants to do that for you now. 
That's the way of love. He wept over the city. Now, love has no enemies. Love has no enemies. Jesus had enemies. They made themselves his enemies. But he died for them. Jesus died for Caiaphas and for Pilate. He died for his enemies. And he told us the way of love. If you as a Christian want to follow the way of love so that you can be Jesus on the earth and relieve pains in people's lives, this is what Jesus said for us to do. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44, you have heard that it, that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what they say. But then it says, but I, love says to you, love your enemies. Pastor, you don't understand what they did to me. Love your enemies. Well, they broke my leg. Oh, yes. Love your enemies. That's the command. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. They wish you bad, but God says, bless them. Now listen, it's not for them. It's for you. When you become love, you become like Him. When we see Him, we will know Him because we are just like Him. You can love. You can choose. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. You know, I used to wonder, you know, about adoption, you know. How come, because I've seen people who have adopted children and their child is going through a, some kind of rebellion and doing crazy stuff and they're crying and you say, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm thinking, that's not your natural child. How come you love? But I found that when you invest love, you rip back love. What you sow is what you get. If you invest in the person, you love them like your own. So if you invest in your enemy by loving them, you have true love in your heart, especially when they're doing you wrong, you sow seeds of good. That's what Jesus does. If you want to really make it, when people offend you, and notice what it says, they, they hate you and they despitefully use you, but it says, bless them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Before that feeling of revenge begins, you know, when it starts getting, I'm going to get them. And for us, you know, God get them. And sometimes it's God kill them. That's rising. You're not saying anything, but it's in your heart. And you're wishing something bad to happen. So you say, well, they got what was coming to them. That's not nice to say. What about what's coming to you for the bad stuff you've done? You want everybody to suffer what they sowed, but you don't want to suffer what is okay for you. No, we're all in this together. And as you love them, Christ is manifested both in your life and in their lives also. You know, I read a story a long time ago. Uh, about this uh, Christian person, they 
they live. It seems like in the third world where, you know, they, they don't have dryers. You wash your clothes and you, you put it out in the sun for, and pray that it doesn't rain. <laughs> you can be out and it's raining. And say, oh, gosh, I have to wash those clothes. And they do it by hand, you know. Washing that service. I did that with them when I was a kid, you know, wash your clothes. And, and this guy, he lived close to this guy who hated him because he was a Christian. And he didn't like him at all. And, and, and uh, one day, this enemy, he had washed a bunch of his clothes. It was a bright day, so he thought it wasn't going to rain. He had his stuff out, all out there for the sun to dry. And then he was away from home, far away from home, and, and, and then the clouds came, and it was raining, and he was sure, I got to do this stuff back on my own, wash all of those clothes back again. And he got back home, and the clothes were not there. And he was wondering, what happened? Somebody stole my clothes, I thought they would be all on the ground, and all of that. It was his enemy that took them. <laughs> his Christian enemy. And then when he was through, the enemy finally came to him. He says, hey, I saw that the rain was about coming and, and uh, I knew your clothes would be wet. So I got out all of them, well folded and everything, and I took them in. Uh, yeah. He said, uh, uh, you did that for me? <laughs> okay. You did that for me? He, Thank you very much. And you know what? He went back into it. He started thinking, man. Why did he do this for me? Guess what? Enmity died on that same day. Enmity died. Love. Love. That's why the Bible says, and we're coming to that, love never fails. You can never fail when you demonstrate God. Because God is love. When you choose to love, you will always have victory. No matter what's happening in the natural right now, when it's all over, you'll be on top. Because love never fails. So we must love. Another thing that we need to know about love, love loves unity. Unity is so important to love. Think about it. God is one God. Father, Son, and the Spirit. They're one. From eternity past to eternity to come, you can't separate them. The glue. God's love. There is no separation where there is love. Hello? No separation. God is love. Love can never be divided. There is no divorce with love. No separation. It's impossible. The only time separation comes is when selfishness ascends the throne. And it's all about me. Like the man says, I am the head of the house. But let me know, let me let you know, your wife is the neck. And wherever she turns you, that's where we're going. Hello, that's the way it is. Michael was saying to me, his daddy said when he got married, do you want to be right or you want to be happy? 
He says, certainly I want to be happy. So whatever your wife says, she's right. That's the only way, you, that's the only way you're going to be happy. Hello? You want to be right or you want to be happy? I decided I want to be happy. And uh, whatever, the, she's, whatever she told, that's where we're going. If I gave you my word and my wife says something else, I'm coming to apologize. I was wrong. There's no going there anymore. We're changing course. And if you're really angry, I'll beg you, please don't be angry. Okay? And I won't even tell you my wife is behind it because that's more trouble for me. All right. We got to love, amen? Whether you feel it or not, it has nothing to do with feeling. You got to make that decision. I'm going to love, no matter what. God love loves unity. You know, I said this year, last Sunday, um, I made up my mind. Uh, first, it starts with the man, you know, the head of the house. Let it start with you. I made up my mind. I've made my choice. This is it. I don't have anywhere else to go. It's over. That search is over. Amen? That's it. I made my choice. And I'm not going anywhere. This is where I stay. Uh, you either make it well for yourself so you can enjoy, or you can fight all you want and make yourself miserable. And be right. So I told myself, if, and you, I've heard, said it here before, if Angela gets so angry with me and decides to pack my stuff and put them all out, now you can go, I will stay right by the door because she's going to come out someday. Once she comes out, I just swing in. She has to kick me out. Kick me out the second time, and I will do that seven times. That's my home. I'm not going anywhere. When she's tired, she'll let me stay, and I'll watch my television and enjoy myself. See, we make up. Love. Love's unity. But the unity is not the emotional thing. You got to decide. You got to decide. This is what I'm going to do. That's the way with the Father. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his Father, Is there not another way for you to do this? Let this cup pass by me, remember? But then he said, Not my will, but your will be done. For unity, we have to be one. Amen? You just don't have to have your way all the time. I see that in the church a lot. There are people that come into the church. All they want to do is to have their way. And it's very painful. You don't, they won't tell you. They have, they'll look for something that is legitimate where no one can criticize that they found in the church to cause division. I don't understand it. How they are able to identify those among the congregation that will agree with them. But the purpose is to divide. And I'm not sure that they are even aware that Satan is behind it. Because when there is division, guess who is behind it? God always wants to unite. That's what Jesus prayed for. For us to love one another. Let us love one another 
For love is of God. When you love, there is no division. There is no division. Sometimes, I've, you know, I've, as I read on the internet, you got people going into churches. They appear to be so spiritual. They talk spiritual. But they are very divisive. You know what the root, the root is? It's not love. It's not love. Now you can quote all the scriptures you want to quote, but love, if you, if you have real wisdom of God, combined with love, read James, it says you yield. You don't have to have your way. Husband and wife, you don't have to have your way all the time. Especially if the other person has put a lot of time to it. Why do you want them to change? Because you don't like it. They made the effort in the first place, right? Now you want everything to be changed to suit your purpose. That's selfishness. Understand why they're doing it the way they're doing it first before you start wanting them to change to suit what you like. That's not what Jesus did with the Father. It's what the Father wanted. It's so important. You forgive, love Christians, all of them. As a pastor, I know what that is. It's not an easy thing. This is a very, it's, it's a job to do. But I love everybody. By the grace of God, I do. And I say that all the time. I love Jesus and I love his people. I've always loved God's people. I love being around them. Even when they are not nice. Yes, I still love them. <laughs> Just have to love them. But this is what you should know as Christians. This is the Ark Fellowship. Please understand, it's not good luck's work. This is God's work. It's God's work. And we should protect God's work. Every one of us. And we should, especially leaders, shut the door. When you see Satan trying to come in to cause division, like the way Paul says, they came in unawares, spies, so to speak, to cause division among us. And to scatter us. You know, a house divided against itself will not stand. That's what Satan knows. If Satan is divided against itself, himself, and he says his kingdom will not stand. That's Satan. And that principle goes for everything in life. If you and your husband are divided amongst yourself, that house will not stand. Agree with one another, no matter what troubles you're going through, you build on the rock. The same thing goes with the church. Where there are factions, yeah, you don't love these people, that's my group, oh, see them over there. That's not the church. That's not the church. We have been commanded to love one another. We come from all backgrounds. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes I had to yield to my daughter because my daughter tells me, you are the African-American because you came from Africa and I'm not because I'm an American. I was born here. <laughs> I said, Grace, you are an African-American in America. Yes, that's what they call. She says, no, I'm an American. You are the African-American because you came from Africa to this place. You are the African-American. I said, God, when she grows up, she'll find out. Hey. 
We're all African American. Even if I have an accent, you also have an accent. (laughs) God help that girl. (laughs) In Romans 16, verse 17, it says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses. Note those. Who cause divisions and offenses. Contrary to the doctrine. What doctrine? Jesus prayed for it. In John 17, Jesus prayed that they may be one. In John chapter 10, he said, Other sheep I have also who are not of this fold. I'm going to bring them. That's Gentile. And bring them. And there will be one fold and one shepherd. When the church was united in Acts of the Apostle, you could, you could see the power. The Bible says they were as one soul. And so the Spirit of God was moving. And it says, much grace was upon the people. Because they were like one. And so what is Satan's strategy? Again, he comes in with hate and bitterness and all of that. And Christians buy into it. And before you know, the, 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 the house of God is divided and grace is gone. Now everything is done in the flesh. We used to prophesy. Well, we need to carry on prophesying. So when God hasn't said, we're still saying, thus said the Lord. Because we're divided. Love unites. Love doesn't divide. So he says, mark those people and avoid them. Avoid them. Don't go near them. In in some churches, they'll say, we want to have a prayer meeting. No, it's not a prayer meeting. It's a gossip meeting. It's not a prayer meeting. It's a complaining meeting. (laughs) Before long, evil comes out of it. We need to be very aware. We are in the last days. And God has commanded us to love. God has commanded us to love. Proverbs 6 verse 16 through 19. He says, these things, six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are the abominations to him. A proud look. I wonder what that is. It looks like Brother Larry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can say that because he knows I love him and we love each other much. <laughs> He's not like that. Good man of God. And I'm very glad you're here. <laughs> well, Larry, you forgive me? You have been commanded to forgive me and to love me. <laughs> you got no choice. Good man of God. Amen. And he's going to be ministering to us very soon. Amen. Six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven. An abomination to him. A proud look. A proud look is, you know, it's like, who are all of this? Um, they don't know what they're doing. Huh? You sure you know? How long have you been around? That's a proud look. And guess what? People don't want to be around you. Hello? They don't want to be around you. There's no love there. Guess where that proud look came from? What's the first thing? <laughs> the first thing 
Satan. This pride cast into him. I'm going to ascend over above the most high. And when you're coming down, you can't have that. A proud look, a lying tongue. It's just a little lie. No, a lie is a lie. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? <laughs> one lie. A lying bunch. <laughs> right? You just, just one lie. One lie. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift and run into evil. A false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord. Among brethren. You know, I used to hear when I got to the United States years ago, uh, this preacher was teaching us uh, how to avoid people who want to sow their seeds of bitterness in you against somebody else. He said, when they come to you and they say, you know, uh, can I use your name, Amy? No trouble. Did you know this as Amy? Uh, this Amy, we think uh, uh, this Amy, something is not right. And he said, You go, ah, Amy is a great worship leader. She's really anointed. After they've told you something is not right, you know, don't listen to what they have to say. Oh, Amy is a, a wonderful praise and worship leader. I really love her. She's a good. Guess what? They'll never come back to you. They will avoid you. <laughs> they will avoid you. Find something good to say about the other person. That's love. That's love. Love covers a multitude of sins. It's no one that's perfect. You can be in a hospital and you're sick and because you are feeling a little better, you're turning around and say, what's the matter with you, fellow? You've been here for five months and you're still sick. I just came back three months and I'm feeling better. The doctors will think, what's wrong with him? We are all in the hospital, right? And Dr. Jesus is dealing with us, right? We ought to love one another and support one another. Don't criticize, support, love. Amen? Support, love. Love will give his life. To take away pain. Love will give his life. Give his resources. Everything. To take away pain. And that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus said for us to take his place in love. And I'm going to close with this because of time. A new commandment I give to you. John 13 verse 34. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you. Some minister said, he read that and said, Lord, you really mean what you said? I shall love as you love the same quality of love to love one another? That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you take my place. In the ministry of love. Amen. You take my place. I'm leaving. But now. 
I want you to take my place, love even as I love. And when you step out of love, you step out of God. Because God is love. Beloved, we shall love another. Let us love one another, for love is of God. Not being critical, not competing with each other. Christians compete. We don't compete. We work with each other and work together. That's what Christianity is all about. I'm not competing with any minister around. I have a work to do and I'm going to finish what God has called me to do. And just that I face. What they do is that but I love them and pray for them. That they excel and do their work to the utmost. The work that God has called them. No competition. And the Bible says those who compare themselves with each other, they are not wise. When you find yourself comparing yourself with another Christian brother, you're not walking in love. We don't, com- we don't compete in Christ. We walk together. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you will only know what is available to you from God this morning. He said Jesus wept over the city. And he said, if you will only know. In this your day, especially your day, the things that make for your peace. May they never be hidden from your eyes in Jesus' name. Why don't you receive that what which makes for for your peace this morning? All heads bow this morning. There are some of us here. Jesus is asking for a decision that we need to make concerning him. The decision is to accept him into your life. You've done it your way, but today you can ask Jesus to come into your life and stay in control of your life. You've been in control without him. Today you can make him have control over your life. And I guarantee you, it will be well with you. Receive love, Jesus, just like Mary received him. Remember, it's Christmas time. There was no room in the inn. Do you have room in your inn for Jesus to come in this morning? If that's you, you're saying, Jesus, I'm making room for you. I want you in my life. At the count of three, please raise your hand. Jesus will acknowledge it and he will immediately come into your life and things will be different. At the count of three, make a decision for God today. Say, Jesus, I want you to have full control of my life. Some of you have made a decision for Christ, but you haven't given him full control of your life. Today, say to him, I'm giving you full control of my life. I'm holding nothing back. I'm giving everything to you. At the count of three, if that's you, would you stand to your feet? In Jesus' name, stand to your feet. Thank you. Stand to your feet. You're giving him full control. Full control over your life. Sometimes we are so concerned about people. That's not important. 
We need to be concerned about him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Everyone stand up. We're going to have a word of prayer right now. Because for me, I want, I want him to have full control. I want him to have full control over my life. I want love to live inside of me. Amen? So that I can be a man of love. Loving people the way Jesus loved them. Amen? Let's raise our hands up to him this morning. And welcome Jesus into our lives. He is here with us. Jesus is here with us. You may feel him, you may not feel him, but I know he's here with us and he wants to come into your heart. He wants to come into your life. He wants to change the situation in your life. He wants to make things better for your life. He wants to make everything good because God makes everything new and he wants to do that right here this morning. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I want you and I desire you to make everything new in my life. Today, I welcome you into my life. Lord Jesus, have full control over my life. Take full control. Be the Lord of my life. Be my Savior and my Lord. From this day forth and forevermore. In Jesus' name, Amen.